and welcome back to Amadeo Dispatch. We're so glad that you're here. We were just discussing before we turn the camera on that Brett is probably wearing the same shirt from the last episode, but it's okay. It was like five or six days ago. <laughs> welcome to point four in the upside. Is this still okay? Point four. point four in the upside down kingdom. Okay. What did you think we were well, doing? Most times it's like 2.0 and we're just 0. 0.4. Is this a beta test? Or point number. P-O-I-N-T, yeah. not four. Mm. <clears throat> okay. This is going to be an interesting episode. Uh, we are learning how to get back at our enemy. And in order to really do that, we must love them. So Brett is going to open us up. We have a couple of, we have two um, Bible verses tonight. Or going to be in Matthew 18. Verses 15 through 18. I think that's what's wrote on the paper. <clears throat> it says, correcting another believer. It says, if another believer sins against you, go privately and point out the offense. And if the other person listens and confesses it, you have won that person back. But if you are unsuccessful, take one or two others with you and go back again so that everything you say may be confirmed by the two or three witnesses if that person still refuses to listen take your case to church then if he or she won't accept the church's decision treat that person as a pagan or a corrupt tax collector I tell you the truth. Now, these are all in red letters. Okay, so um, 18, I tell you the truth, whatever you forbid on earth will be forbidden in heaven. And whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. The second verse that we're going to uh, read, second verse, same uh, as the first. Wait until down there so we don't confuse them. Well, we can do that. Okay, okay. all right. So, um, while I was studying this and was in my quiet time, uh, what really came to my mind is a relationship that I have at work as a coworker. And when I first started at my job, she and I were pretty good friends. We were acquaintances more, I guess, or less would be a better word. And there was a level of disrespect. And I can, I'm pretty thick skinned most times and I can take a good thrashing but it just got to the point where it was in front of other people and I really didn't appreciate it so I tried to approach her and when I did things just went south and after the fact I was word vomiting on somebody else that was listening I just had had enough was really struggling with the situation and was saying a bunch of stuff that I shouldn't have been saying. I shouldn't have been saying it in my work environment, but I should have just not been saying it in general. I should have been talking to God as opposed to talking to a coworker, but she happened to walk in on it. And of course that was horrible and I felt terrible about it. And I actually tried to apologize. Um, and a couple of coworkers have even told me, you've tried to apologize in front of us. And it just wasn't very well received and it just happened that we, there was a meeting a special meeting that was called and uh my 
boss at the time, you know, asked if anybody else had anything to say. So I took the opportunity to again formally apologize. I had apologized to her in private. I had apologized to her again on several other occasions and did it formally in that setting. So I would consider that almost like a church setting. Um, even though it wasn't church, it was a professional setting and it still was not accepted. She actually got up and she walked out of the room and she had even said, you know, well, we're not ever going to be friends. And I told her, I said, I'm not asking to be friends. I'm just asking us to be able to have a relationship, a professional relationship because tension was, was pretty, pretty high. And, and I understand like my coworkers being frustrated because things were, were so difficult between the two of us. But anyway, when you are in relationships like that, they're very strained and everybody has a breaking point. Everybody gets to a way to a point where it's just, you, you have had enough and you do stuff that you're not proud of, which was me. I took a lot of responsibility in that, that situation and you try to make it right. And when it's not right, you have to give it to God and treat them as, what did it say? As debtors, as tax collectors. Mm -hmm. I just haven't like, you know, flung her off and said, you know, away with you peasant. I mean, my heart grieves for her. My heart grieves for her because I know hurt people hurt people. And she's a very hurt person. And that's what's happened to her most of her life. Just, I I know a little bit about her past, but just knowing how just signs and things that she's expressed, maybe not so much verbally, but like in her body language she's been through a lot and I I grieve for her in that and you know if not anybody else is going to be in her corner and even if she may not want me in her corner I still pray for her I still I don't ask God for forgiveness anymore because I know God has forgiven me and I don't take her not forgiving me as God's not forgiving me um because my responsibilities, my responsibility is done there. So I still pray and I'm still nice. There's had to be boundaries, boundaries for my favorite words, boundaries. Boundary has been set and it's just that we don't talk. We don't talk in a social setting. If there are others in the room, I, we don't really even acknowledge each other. Um, that's pretty much what we've been told not to do. So her reasoning, uh, she told our supervisor why she didn't accept my apologies. She didn't think it was sincere enough. <laughs> I don't know how I could have made it more sincere. As Probably would have had to been blood involved. May have, or getting down on my knees and groveling. I'm not, not real sure, but. The main, the main point of all this is if you follow the word, you fulfilled your part of this, whether they accept you or not, it's completely up to them. You can't make them accept your apology. And whatever mindset they have, if that's the world they live in, you're not going to change that. I mean, me, me and my wife have talked a lot about <clears throat> when we we're growing up, what was normal, what was abnormal. Um, and a lot of people, you know, especially the younger the generation, there's 
almost a generation between us. I'm 13 years older than she is. And we've discussed a whole lot about what you grew up with is normal to you, but it may not be normal to everyone else. And so there's a lot of that uh, on her part that, I mean, we're not looking at it and saying, hey, this is, she's just not normal. I mean, this just may be the way she's grown up. Mm-hmm. If she's had to fight her way through life, you know. And she has. Um, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, there's just nothing you can do about it. But as long as you've fulfilled what God has asked you to do, then it's kind of, they've got to own that now. It's up to them. If they don't want to accept that apology, that's something they got to live with, not something you have to live with. The forgiveness is for you. It's right. not even actually for that person. You know, Jesus says later on in Matthew about forgiving 70 times seven. And the 70 times seven is you forgiving, not you forgiving and them accepting your forgiveness and you still beating yourself up over it. It's you relinquishing that relationship to God and letting him deal with it. And it can be tough. I have a family member that has asked for forgiveness. And I guess, you know, and retrospect it's a lot along the same line they've asked for forgiveness but i don't think it is necessarily it's not the first time yeah it's i ask for forgiveness you forgive me and then i go back and make like yeah it's it's not i don't want to say it's not accepted because it wasn't it it wasn't authentic but when a person repeatedly hurts you or repeatedly oversteps a boundary that you've set you have to maintain, you have, you have to build something and you have to maintain it. I did a lot of studies on boundaries. He gets tired of hearing me talk about boundaries. I didn't have boundaries uh, growing up as a kid. That wasn't something that was taught. And I really think, I think we talk about home ec, we talk about ag that needs to be brought back into schools. I think a class on balancing checkbooks and about boundaries and safe touches all across the board need to be uh, spoken about. And I, I can tell you from experience there, I've had countless women in Bible study where we have went through different boundary studies. We've went through boundaries for leaders. We went through boundaries. We went through boundaries with small groups. We went through um, mending the soul. And it seemed like there was another one. We've even bought, um, in my son's life and his wife, um, they're experiencing some issues uh, or were experiencing some issues. And, and she wasn't actually part of the study because they've got now four very small children. Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have time. And so Tasia actually purchased a boundaries book and they were both reading it. And both, there was many times when we were there that the, the word boundaries came up. Um, and also boundaries with your children. Um, she wouldn't anybody that said that. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, Boundaries are so important. You think, well, boundaries, well, that's not loving somebody. Actually, it is. Because if you have, say you have a person that is, they've offended you in some way. And 
you're upset, you're worried about a confrontation, the confrontation happens, they apologize, they say, I know I was in the wrong, I shouldn't have done that, and you accept their apology. Well, it's not much time later that they enter into your life again, and they completely upset your life over the same, it could be the, the, the same situation or it could be a, a different situation it really doesn't matter but again you forgive this person how many times are are you going to have to tell this person it's okay I accept your apology but this just isn't acceptable anymore because if you do the opposite mm -hmm. and you just go wicked witch of the west on this person and just like ah! is that really loving a person because now you're in the wrong and you have to form an apology to that person. So a boundary, setting it and saying, no, this isn't acceptable. I'm not going to allow it again. And when they say, you know, well, I'm sorry, will you accept my apology? Well, yes, I'll accept your apology, but this isn't going to happen again. Because you <clears throat> need to be in a place where you have the mindset to be able to love this person the way that they need to be loved. And sometimes love is tough, tough love. And just because you love Jesus don't mean they do. And so if their talent is pushing your, not necessarily your buttons, everyone's buttons. There's people out there that just live to aggravate the fire out of people. And if they know how to push your buttons and then settle you down and then push your buttons and settle you down, at some point you've just got to, to set that boundary and just say, okay, uh, that's it. This I'm not going. I'm not going through this trauma. I'm not going through this drama. Would probably be a better word for it. Drama again. I'm I'm not mm -hmm. dealing with this anymore. I have better things to do in my life than be upset over what so and so said, and then knowing they're going to come back and apologize, so that six months later they can step on your toes again. Mm -hmm. So if you set that boundary, then you're you're limiting how far they can go with that. I mean, you're the one putting up the wall that says right here's where we stop. So. Well, as a follower of Christ, too, I mean, what better way to teach people about Christ than to lead by example? And if you tell that person, yes, I forgive you, and you set a boundary and say, no, this is not acceptable. I will not have this in my home anymore. What better example is that, that you're safe and you're healthy, your home is free of that drama or that negativity until they can get into a, a situation if they can get into if it's maybe debt counseling maybe it's um drug counseling um into like you know an, an aa or an na program um another uh issue to think about is <clears throat> now we've started foster care again. And so we've explained to our foster child, um, if you have questions about how to do something, just be quiet and watch the people around you. And kids pick up a lot of their learning by watching you or watching her. And so if, you, if they're seeing you set these boundaries, that better equips them to know how to deal with situations and how to, to set boundaries for that also. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And our Bible study groups, we've talked a lot about 
we're a lot of women that are in the middle of our life, middle aged, and we're kind of raising each other. We're, we're figuring things out on our own through scripture and through, uh, you know, different books and, and leadership and whatnot. And we didn't have that growing up. Uh, I had a pretty rough childhood. And as I mentioned earlier, I, I didn't, I didn't have boundaries. And I'm sure that others that can, that was around when I was young can testify to that. Um, boundaries are difficult, especially when you have to grieve that relationship. I will say that it does get easier. In some situations, when you set a boundary, a person can be respectful enough to say, okay, I respect you enough to understand that what you're saying, I accept. In order to have a relationship with you, I accept your, your terms. <laughs> Um, but if somebody says, well, you're just flat out crazy and I don't, I don't care for what you're, <laughs> I don't care what you say, that's not right. Then yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be tough. There's going to probably be some tears shed with that, but he's about to read Titus 2.12, which talks about boundaries. There's a lot of boundaries in the Bible. <clears throat> and we are instructed to turn from godless living and sinless pleasures. We should live in this evil world with wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. Wisdom, righteousness, and devotion to God. So if there's something outside of that circle that is hindering either three of those, time to start trimming. So boundaries, God, I love the story. I don't know why. I just imagine when God was bringing the Israelites out of Egypt and they were complaining and they were tired and they were dirty and they were hungry. I just, I just and one of our kids, you remember um, one of the girls that used to talk about chonkula? Said, Grandma, get out that chonkula. I just, I think of God with a flip flop and just going back and saying, okay. <laughs> Get up! Get in the woods! <laughs> We're gonna talk! Shut up and eat your manna. <laughs> but that was the boundary because he told them, I'm not gonna let you allow you to see the promised land if all you're gonna do is complain. Like, we're go you're gonna die off. And when your kids grow up, they can have the promised land. And if that was true, it is true now. But if it was very, you know, that hard line in the sand, there'd be a lot of uh alive now that would never see the mm -hmm. promised land because it seems to be a national pastime now where mm -hmm. people want to complain so so that is it for episode four be looking we are starting ignite nights after ignite we're super excited about it we are interviewing miss deanna jones uh for our first ignite night I am. When I say we, it's me and the mouse in my pocket here at Amadeo Dispatch. And maybe Speaking I need to get... of mouse in the pocket, <laughs> at church Sunday, they were upstairs looking at how to set this all up. And there was a mouse. And Miss Deanna was uh, giving orders. Mouse traps. This, that, other. Get it up here. Hurry. No, no. And Tasia just went and picked it up and <laughs> took it outside. So it was kind of a, oh, 
moment or a moment or you know depends on who you are um so yeah i didn't even think about it it was a slow mouse it was a baby mouse and i'm pretty sure it was drunk from maybe like some fermented water it wasn't that big of a deal but it was it was kind of funny because when i walked down you had all these different faces and the one one guy he was like why did you release the outside i thought well i'm not gonna like kill it in front of all these kids and stuff take it home and feed it to my snake oh and feed it to our cat yeah she probably would appreciate that yeah uh, she's yeah so yeah so this concludes the upside down kingdom we hope that you enjoyed it we are looking forward to i'm looking forward to episodes to come brett said that he may kind of come in and foresee some others but he's done for now which i greatly appreciate him he's been the greatest guest star wait until she gets my bail <laughs> but we hope that you join us again on episode five not episode six i'm thinking ahead and six <laughs> maybe even seven see you later